This is the word of our Lord. O come, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. Can we have the children come forward for the children's message, please? And the mighty mics. children. You can turn around and face this way, if you will, please. Got a couple of things I want to use as a tool here. Um, ever seen one of these? Coming through. You know what this is? What is this? A magnifying glass. What, what, do you, what do you use this for? It has a use, doesn't it? What does it use it for? Yeah, if you have real small words, you can use it. Oh, you can get real close, you can see it. Yeah, you, you want to use this to bring things into better vision, right? You, if you lose something, right? If you lose something, you might look around. Oh, look at there. You've got all kinds of eyelashes. Did you know that? Yeah. You can use that for all kinds of fun things. You use it for looking for things you lost, even. Yeah. What about... Seen one of these? What do these things do? What are these? What is this, Brad? Yeah, what do you call this thing? What is it? A pair of what? Binoculars, yeah. You can, whoa, look, I can see way out to the front of the church brings in things closer. So if you're looking for something at a great distance, you can look up there and see all the kinds of things at a distance. So we use the binoculars to, to seek things that are far away. So both useful things for this message today because uh, we just finished reading Psalm 121. Psalm 121. You know, do you know how many Psalms there are in the Old Testament? Do you know how many? 150 psalms, you are correct. You are well-schooled. Uh, 150 psalms, we, we think of them as hymns, right? They're very poetic, written by various authors, some by King David. And this one in particular, it starts off with, if you remember the words, I lift my eyes to the hills, where does my help come from? And the hills in this psalm would be the hills over Jerusalem. But for us, it could be the same thing. I lift my eyes to the hills. I look to see where does my help come from. And we, we think of these words that come in handy when there's times when we feel lonely, times when uh, we feel hurt, times when we wonder 
Where is Jesus? I look around, where is he? Is he close by, like the magnifying glass? Is he far away? I feel lonely, where is he? Well, when you were baptized, uh, remember the pastor who baptized you said, I give you the sign of the cross, both upon your forehead and upon your heart, to mark you as one redeemed by Christ Jesus. So when you have those moments in your life, when you wonder, where is Jesus? Is he far off? Is he close by? You need to remember, Jesus is right here. He's in your heart. He's always close to you. And when we think about this Psalm 121, do you see, do you remember the last words of Psalm 121? Do you see him in your, in your bulletin there, the last words? It's a blessing. And we hear these words every time there's a baptism. And the closing verse says, May the Lord preserve your coming in and your going out from now and even forevermore. To remind us again, Jesus is always with us. What a blessing to have on this wonderful day. Let's thank Jesus for this. Dear Jesus, thank you for always being with us. Always close and always willing to hear us. We thank you, Lord. Amen. Okay, go on back to your pews now. The epistle reading for this morning comes from Romans chapter 4. What shall we say was gained by Abraham, our forefather according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as his due. And to the one who does not work, but trusts him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. Just as David also speaks of the blessing of the one to whom God counts righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count his sin. But the promise to Abraham and his offspring that he would be heir of the world did not come through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if it is the inheritance of the uh, of the law who are to be the heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, there is no transgression. That's why it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring, not only to the adherent of the, of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who was the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. In the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. This is the word of our Lord. Please stand. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the third chapter. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, 
a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. How can a man be born when he is old? Nicodemus asked. Surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell from where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. Jesus said, you are Israel's teacher, and do you not understand these things? I tell you the truth, we speak of what we know, and we testify to what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the desert, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes in him may not may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. This is the gospel of our Lord. Hymn of the day is Lord Thee I Love with All My Heart. It's Hymn 708. Hymn 708.
pray with me, please. Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this morning's meditation is the Old Testament lesson. It is Psalm 121. Please have that in front of you because we're going to be sort of looking at that almost verse by verse as we discover what God's Word uh, has in store for us this morning. If you haven't been able to tell for the last, oh, I don't know, seven, eight, nine months, even the last year, I've really been sort of on a personal crusade And that is to try to get you as many devotional materials as I possibly can, whether it is the email blast that goes out, whether it is the daily podcast that we now have, whether it is um, uh, um, showing you in the hymnal or in Scripture different Bible verses that you can read. There are many, many different ways that you can enrich your devotional life because of how important that is. It is. So I have one more this morning for you. I would encourage you, challenge you, take it however you want, but I would really highly encourage you that either as an individual or as a family to memorize this psalm. Of all of the psalms in the Psalter, there are, as we said just a moment ago, there are 150. Of all of the psalms in the Psalter, there are some that really we should commit to memory, and Psalm 121 is one of them. It has been said that this psalm is a conversation that a person has with his or her soul. And if you listen to it, I think you will begin to discover just why that is. We're going to break the psalm down into four parts. So we may see for ourselves why, as the psalmist says in the first verse, why the psalmist, the writer of the psalms, why he lifts his eyes up to the hills. So verses 1 through 2 is our first section. Again, it says, I lift my eyes up to the hills. The cause that was going on in his life caused him to keep his eyes fixed, to keep his gaze as he kept walking fixated on the hills because the temple was just on the other side. The temple where God lives. The temple where at He would receive all of the blessings that God gives. Forgiveness, and mercy, and grace, and healing. All of the things that the kingdom of heaven gives. And so he lifts his eyes to the hills. And why? Well, because from where does my help come? Where else am I going to get help? Well, my help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Going on to verses 3 through 4, He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Now, you all have heard me say in many sermons before, and I feel like after reading this and doing research, I apologize. I, have, I must confess to you, I have shorted you on something that I have, have said. You have heard me say oftentimes that the devil never sleeps. That's very true. Every morning that you wake up, he is there to tempt you. 
and I'm so sorry that I forgot to say this. I should have been saying it the entire time. But now that is Jesus. The devil never sleeps, but neither does your Lord. And this is why the psalmist says, he, he will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. He doesn't, he doesn't sleep. And so, again, if you can kind of imagine this scene, the psalmist is looking to the hills because that's where God is. That's where his Lord is. That's where his, his, his keeper is. My help comes from the Lord. And the Lord never sleeps. He never stops interceding for me. Because He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. He intercedes for the psalmist. On behalf of the psalmist, day and night. It is a never-ending cycle of the psalmist sins and then God intercedes for him. The psalmist sins and then God intercedes for him. Again and again and again and again. So no matter what temptations that the devil throws his way, no matter how many times that the psalmist succumbs to whatever those temptations are, God is there to intercede for him. And to say, you have been forgiven of this. It goes on in verses 5-6, through six, the Lord is your keeper, the Lord is your shade on your right hand, the sun will not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. Again, he doesn't sleep. The sun during the daytime will not strike the psalmist. The moon during the nighttime will not hurt or harm the psalmist either, because the Lord is the one who keeps his life. It is the Lord that keeps the psalmist alive. It is the Lord that is watching over the psalmist. I, in researching this, this sermon, I came across this, this quote, and I thought it was brilliant. The pastor of the article that, that I wrote said, by the way, plug for 1517.org. Awesome. 1517.org. Awesome. Okay. The pastor in this article on that site about this text that, that, that I read said this. If you had been the only sinner in the entire world, Christ would have still died for you. Isn't that awesome? That's incredible. If you were the only one in the entire world who had sinned, Christ would have still gone through everything that he went through just for you. And we're beginning to see the answer to, the, to our question at the beginning of our message. Why does the psalmist look to the hills? Because even if the psalmist was the only one who had failed, even if the psalmist was the only one who had sinned, he knows that his Lord who resides in the temple is there and would have continued to love him and would have continued to find him. Verses 7 through 8, the Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. We kind of see that same theme. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. We have heard this before. Every time that somebody gets baptized, it doesn't matter if it's a baby or a 10-year-old or a 90-year-old, every time that somebody gets baptized, that blessing is spoken upon them. 
the Lord will preserve your coming in and your going out from right now and for all time and forevermore. And that really is a perfect blessing for whenever somebody becomes a baptized child because isn't that what's happening? Right? Whenever somebody gets baptized, Christ is making a promise to them. He's making this same promise. I will never sleep while Satan tries to tempt you. I will always be your keeper. I will always keep your going out and your coming in. The sun will not strike you by day. The moon will not strike you by night. Sin cannot harm you. Because I, the Lord, am your keeper. And when somebody gets baptized, this is what happens. God comes down in a miraculous way and says, I promise you this. And as I preached to the kids in chapel last Ash Wednesday, I, I asked them what I hoped was a very simple question, and they all got it right. Does God keep his promises? Yeah, he does. And so when God promises that he will be your keeper, he does it. When God promises that, that, that sin and its effects can no longer harm you, that's true. And this is why in life and in death, the Lord is the psalmist's keeper. And really think about that. Paul has these great words in in his letters. He says that when somebody dies, we, we do not grieve when somebody dies as people who have no hope. Because people who have no hope, for them, death is the end. That's it. But for people who have hope in Christ, who, for people who have, who, have, who have hope in the Lord, we know that the Lord, that whoever it is that has died, we know that even then, the Lord is still their keeper. Even then, the Lord is defending them from all evil. Even then, the Lord will continue to make His promise to them until finally the resurrection occurs. And this is why I really encourage you as a family, as an individual, whatever, whatever the case might be, take time this week and memorize this psalm so that by Friday or that by whatever day that it is, when difficult times come, do you know what begins to happen? When difficult times come, you know what your mind will instinctively go to? This. It will. I promise. It happens every single time. It's the exact reason, just a really small tangent, it's the exact reason why we kind of worship the same way every single week. And some people say, well, that's boring. then you obviously haven't been close to somebody who is about to die. And on their deathbed, and I, I have, I've, 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 I've seen this. I have seen people who can't remember their son's name, and they can pray the Lord's Prayer. They can remember the Apostles' Creed. 
They can remember different parts of the liturgy. And do you know why? Because they do it again and again and again and again and again. So when difficult times come, let's consider putting this psalm, committing this psalm to memory. And so the psalmist looked to the hills because that's where the temple is and that's where God is found, was found, and that's where the blessings of the kingdom of God reside. And then something happened. Christ died. God's own Son was crucified on Calvary's cross. And do you remember what happened just after that? He breathes his last. He says, it is finished. There is an earthquake. And then what happens to the curtain of the temple? It's torn in two, from top to bottom. Why? Because God is not found in the temple anymore. He's found here. He's found there, and he's found here, and he's found amongst us here. The Bible promises us, there, go, there goes God and his promises again, right? The Bible promises us that wherever two or three are gathered in his name, there I am among them. We could have this wonderful building, and we do, and that's great, but if something happened, we would still be a church, right? Yeah. Because God is found whenever all of us gather together under word and sacrament, for prayer, whatever the case might be. And finally, I close with this. From Revelation chapter 21, I have committed this one to memory because it is my wedding text. And God says, And behold, the dwelling place of God is now with man, is now with us. And so why does the psalmist lift his eyes up to the hills? Because that's where God is found. That's where his keeper is found. And now he's found here. He's found here. And he's found here. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. We now confess together the words of our Christian faith. We do so using the Apostles' Creed. It is found printed in the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth.
with us, uh, that you would fill that book out so that know that you were here to worship this morning. We collect our tithes and offerings. pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Father, we give you thanks for this day and leading us here so we can worship you. As the beautiful sunrise this morning signals a new day in our lives, your refreshing word gives us the strength to live a life filled with joy and hope. Remind us this week that all our needs, safety, and hope are found in you, Jesus. It is appropriate to give you thanks and praise for always being with us. 
Lord, in your mercy. We pray for the sick, those who struggle with emotional or spiritual issues, those who are hospitalized, those who will be undergoing surgery, those on the road to recovery. We lift up all those on our health list, Melba, Landreth, Janice, Carol, Ethel, Joan, Steve, Becky, Bob Curtit, Bob Dotson, Bob Yelinek, Gary Degan, Gary Magruder, Emma Conklin, Brenda, Wayne Towers, Rose Marie, John Alexander, John Eden, Debbie, Mary, Lisa, Catherine, Joe, Judy, Louise, Ruth, Dana, Dennis Nost, Little Sutton Grace, Margaret Holly, Norma Kaiser, and Roy Oberman, all of those, as well as those we now name in our own hearts. Heavenly Father, you are the great healer and sustainer of life. Be with those who are currently dealing with these conditions or issues, and if it be your will, heal them completely. Use the trials and challenges they face to grow closer to you. Give them a sense of your presence during these difficult times as they reach out to you for comfort. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for our leaders who hold positions of service nationally in our state and in our local communities. Father, these people have accepted the responsibility of leadership as part of their commitment to serve. Send your Holy Spirit to give them true wisdom, to govern in a way that glorifies your name. Keep them mindful always of those who cannot speak for themselves, especially the unborn. Lord, in your mercy. We pray for all the brave men and women who serve in the military, especially those who serve in the most dangerous places. We think of all first responders, police, fire, and emergency personnel. Father, we pray that you will send your angels to watch over them, to protect them against all harm. Strengthen and encourage them so they can remain strong and courageous. Lord, in your mercy. A prayer for birthdays being celebrated this week. We give you thanks, O Lord, for the many blessings you've given to your servant, Alice Helmkamp, who is celebrating 87 years of life especially for bestowing on her length of days in this present life. Grant that she may always know your loving kindness, abide in the confession of your name, and put trust each day in your gracious care and protection. May the celebration of her birth be a celebration of life both now and the life yet to come. Lord, in your mercy. A prayer for anniversaries and the celebration of Christian marriage. Lord God, Heavenly Father, you instituted holy matrimony blessed and honored it with the presence of your son at the marriage feast at Cana in Galilee, and even now continue to protect and preserve it. We thank you for the fatherly love and grace which you have bestowed on Ed and Tracy Ray, who are celebrating 31 years of marriage. Continue to be with them, Lord, until the end of their days, even as you have guided them in the past. Be their health, strength, refuge, and life as they serve as an example to all who honor your blessing of marriage. Lord, in your mercy. We offer up a prayer of thanksgiving for the success of our school carnival this past Friday. How great it was to see so many families enjoying the evening in such a joyful way. We give you thanks for the great fellowship, the many hands that it took to make it a success, and the funds that were raised for the school. Lord, in your mercy. And finally, Lord, I offer up a special prayer for this congregation of yours. As you continue to bless us, keep us focused on what's most important in our lives. 
Help each of us find the time to be in your word, spend time in daily prayer, strengthen our hearts for mission, and finally, nurture the love we have for you and one another. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who, having created all things, took on human flesh and was born of the Virgin Mary. For our sake he died on the cross and rose from the dead to put an end to death, thus fulfilling your will and gaining for you a holy people. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Christians who are properly taught. In communing, we want people to receive Christ's body and blood for their good. This means that as you come to the Lord's table, that you affirm that Jesus is your Savior and Lord, and with us you confess. I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament, and under the form of the bread and wine, I receive his body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also we took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. 
The peace of the Lord be with you always.
First Communion hymn is When I Survey the Wonders Cross, hymn 425, hymn 425.
Please stand. And now may this, our Savior's body and blood, strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith until life that is everlasting. Depart in his peace and joy. Amen. bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Closing hymn is not all the blood of beasts. Hymn 431 stanzas 4 and 5. church this Wednesday night at 7. Thank you for all who helped with the carnival uh, at our school this past Friday. It was a great success. Uh, thank you to all who helped in so many ways. Uh, uh, we are so very th- thankful to God for you for that. Church this Wednesday. <laughs> come early, come often. Yes, uh, Glenn. Oh, that, that's right, yeah.
That's right. That's the 29th, right? Okay. Thank you, Glenn. Okay, yeah, so council meeting is next Sunday at 1. Voters is the last Sunday of the month, the 29th, at, after the potluck. Thank you. Church this Wednesday. <laughs> That's all that I can remember at the moment. I pray that you all have a very blessed week. It has been our pleasure to bring you this worship service from Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. We pray that you have benefited spiritually from this service and invite you to worship with us next Sunday at 10 a.m. If you're not able to be with us in person, we invite you to listen by means of this broadcast on freistatradio.com. We commend you to the loving care of our gracious Heavenly Father. May His love surround you and His mercy be evident to you in all things. Your announcer has been Scott George.